Previously on the Adventure Zone. Killian gives you guys some gifts too. Hand-carved, personalized whetstones. But they're nice. They're carved in the shape of ducks. Aw. They're my favorite, she says. <laughs> You're chopping off my damn arm. Seriously. God lied. God lied to you? Uh, Angus is, is off in a corner. He gives you guys a big thumbs up. I give Angus a thumbs down. Oh my god, sir. Have you become, have you been learning wizardly magic? I take his nose. Oh my god! What kind of nasty things do our boys get into betwixt adventures? I'm almost afraid to find out in the Adventure Zone! Um, so it's been it's been a few weeks since you successfully completed the Crystal Kingdom mission. What what have I down with my downtime, Griffin? Paint me a word picture. That's up to you, dog. Maybe you're into puzzles. Uh, maybe you're into. Maybe you did a little bit of long overdue self grooming. Those sideburns, those sideburns, man, they need some. Okay, yeah, I can't... definitely brushed out the sideburns. Maybe okay. got a little um, sideburns perm. Two hundred thousand nits fall out. I. I don't see Magnus doing puzzles, but I see Magnus wanting to do puzzles. Magnus like, kind of is a puzzle. That, man, that's so, so deep, Griffin. Thank you. Um, uh, I can tell you what you're doing right now. Pooping. This was the scene that you wanted to do for your first solo sort of character development. Scene oh, I Magnus thought you meant what I was doing in real life. I have so many questions. Like, how would you even get the mic stabilized? Well, that's my whole recording setup. Okay, wonderful. Um... Uh, the scene that you have decided to do with Magnus uh, is, uh, let's just hop right into it. Okay. You, uh, so you walk into the private training moon-based dojo of Carrie Killian and uh, new regulator team member Noel, um, and uh, you see the three of them performing some some pretty impressive acrobatic violent maneuvers. Uh, and it looks like Killian and Carrie are kind of like breaking in Noel, like teaching her the the new maneuvers. Uh, every once in a while, Killian will shout uh, uh, "Orange 11, or that's not her voice, "Orange 11. And then, uh, did you Noel- accidentally do a character voice when the character voice is your voice? It's my own, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Noel will like grab Carrie and do like a fastball special with her. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so they're running through some some routines, uh, and they see you uh, walk in and uh, uh, stop stop their their practice sesh. Uh, Killian throws the two girls some towels. Noel says, "Well, I don't need that because I'm a robot." Uh, and, uh, Carrie walks up to you and says, uh, oh, hey, Magnus, what's going on? Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt. I, I, oh, no, it's fine. We've been at it for a few hours. She's really coming along fast. I, 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 I can, 
I can come back. I didn't. I, if there's a better time, don't. No, spill it. What's going on, uh, Carrie? Can can I talk? Can I talk to you in 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 private, please? I just became instantly pretty nervous, but uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, ladies, uh, take uh, take ten. And uh, Killian and and Noel uh, waltz out of the room. Literally, they waltz, which is weird. That's beautiful. I don't, okay, I don't know how to say this. Um, so in the lab. Um, yeah, I, I really liked your moves. I thought I, you, you okay, did a really... I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop you right there, Mag, because you're, you're a good dude and, uh, had, had a lot of fun in that crystal kingdom, killing a bunch of, uh, robots with you. But I, uh, you're not really my cup of tea. Um, so to speak. Oh no, 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 no. I, I want you to train me. What do you mean? Like in the ways of love? Because no, no, Carrie. I, I have just always punched and kind of rushed and done, you know, kind of thrown myself into everything. Right. Right. But I saw you move and finesse and almost dance your way through battle. And I want to be more precise. I want... I've done some things in the last couple of missions that, looking back on, some might say were suicidal. And I think... Yeah, you've done some, you've, you've done some goof-ass stuff. I think... That I you want me to take you to thief school is what you're saying. Yes, yes. I I want to learn to fight smarter. Okay. Um, I I think you're a great guy, Mag. But you are also the just the loudest single person I think I've probably ever met. So I'm I I can totally train you. But the question is, are you willing to be trained? Yes. That was the first test. You passed it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so over the, uh, why don't you roll a persuasion check just to see if, like, she's going to, like, require anything from you. I don't know. Is there a persuasion skill? Um, that's such a good question, Griffin. Let me see here. Yes, there is. Okay. Go ahead and roll that and just to determine if she's going to require anything from you. Probably, because that was a three. Okay. <laughs> Plus one, four. Um, listen, I'm into it. I'm into this idea. Um, the question is, I think it would be only fair if you could teach me a little something-something on the side, too. Um, and again, I know I said something-something. I mean it in a strictly platonic sense. Great, Um, great, great, great. Good, because I'm not... Yeah, what kind of... Sure. What kind of skills do you bring to the table that you think old Carrie Fang Battle might benefit from? Well, I, I know a lot about animals, I know a lot about vehicles. I can build stuff. I'm a carpenter. Do you want to learn carpentry? Bing, bang, boom. Bing, bang, boom. I need a, uh, I'm actually in need of a birthday present. I could use, I don't know, some sort of special box or a neat chair or a a really nice bookshelf or something. Tell me about this person. I like to craft the thing specifically for the person. She's, she's super big. Uh huh. It's Killian. Okay. Yep. Great. 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 She likes duck. She like. She's a duck fan. Yeah. Would she like a puzzle box shaped like a duck? That sounds yes. All right. We could do that. 
That's such a good gift. I'm going to teach you the secret thief skills that I wasn't supposed to, that my sensei told me not to divulge to anybody. And you know what? If we butter them up a little bit, Taco might enchant it so that it quacks when you solve it. Oh, yes. I know. That's pr- it's pretty good. Bazinga. Everyone's going to uh, want one. Uh, okay. So uh, she, she is convinced, and over the course of the next couple of weeks, uh, Carrie takes some time out of her uh, regulator training schedule to teach you some of the uh, thiefing arts. Now, Griffin, would you say that it is a simultaneous uh, montages of her teaching me thieves arts and us carving a duck? Uh, yes, it's, okay. it's side by side. Um, Concurrent she montage. Duck. She starts off and carves a duck. But it's more of just sort of a ball mm-hmm. with, like, a face but no neck. So it's just, like, on the front of the ball. Um, and she's, I know this isn't my best. And it's just a shot of, a, like, as music plays with Magnus putting his head down and shaking his head back and forth. Yeah. Um, uh, I do want to run through some thievery training with you. Okay. Uh, so so you're, you're sitting in, in the regulator's dojo dome. Uh, and uh, just sort of sitting cross-legged on the floor, and she's holding a, a bean in her hand. And like a like a bean, like a fruit yeah, like, bean, like a little pin, a pinto bean. And she says, uh, "If you're able, snatch this I take here bean." Okay, roll a. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. You can roll whatever you want. Maybe a sleight of hand check would be appropriate. That's a nineteen plus two, twenty-one. Okay, yeah, you snatched that bean right out of her hand. And she says, uh, uh, okay, uh, you didn't let me finish, but fair's fair. That was a good bean grab, my boy. Thanks. Uh, she holds up her left hand, and in it is your wallet. Oh. She says, ha that was lesson number two. Being speedy's really important, but, but so is whipping up a good distraction from time to time. You got me. I need that bean back. I need my wallet back. Same same time. One, two. <laughs> later on, a few days later, same montage. Uh, she's just walking in circles around the room as you sort of prowl on the shadowy outskirts of the room. Um, and she has challenged you to pick her pocket. Okay. Um, I do that. Okay. That would be... what's What check would that be? Like stealth, you think? And then probably... Is pre-training, pre-leveling up? Oh, yeah, yeah, this is pre-leveling up. So my stealth is still bad. Yeah. Okay. Uh, My stealth is plus two, so let's see. That's actually not bad. Oh, yeah, it's another 19. So 19 plus two, 21. All right, you sneak up behind her and sort of walk and step with her very silently. Uh, And go ahead and roll sleight of hand. Is that the best, like, pickpocket? There's not a pickpocket check, is there? No, I think it's got to be sleight of hand, too. Okay. That's not as good, but 13... Uh, plus two, so okay. fifty. Yeah, she's uh she's wearing a like a loose fitting robe, which is not really her style, but sort of giving you an easier time. And uh, you reach in and you pull out a smoke bomb, which explodes in your face. And she says, "It's less than three, homie. I always carry a smoke bomb. Smoke bombs are but, great." Uh, now, okay, hold on though, okay. I did do the thing. Like I did pick your pot. Like that's just mean. That's that basic. That those are those are the basics. Those so are the rule number three is always be aware that when you're picking someone's pocket, they might be a dick. It's a good thing to remember. They could be pudding. <laughs> they could have just loose pudding in there. And then you who pull your hand around, back and oh, who walks around with loose pudding, Carrie? 
Taco definitely. I've, okay. I've had some of his pocket pudding before. Yep. Yeah, okay. You know, asked and answered. Uh, and then I think in, later on in this, this montage, a couple days later, I think you guys are probably just like just like fighting. Um, but she doesn't like no no weapons, no phantom fists, just like just straight straight fisty cups fighting. Um, so go ahead and make an attack roll on her. Uh, it's probably not good. Eight, I mean, plus seven, 15. Uh, no, she easily, like, dodges out of the way of that and grabs your arm and, like, jujitsu flips you and, like, carries your momentum. Wait, I'm gonna do an acrobatic saving throw. Hold on. Okay, cool. Or is that athletic saving throw? It'd be acrobatics. Okay, well, that's not gonna do it. That's a two plus two, four. (laughs) Okay. You try to land on your feet, but you overcorrect and land directly on your face and your wiener. Um, at the same time? At the same time. And she what says, kind of uh, pill bug role am I in? She sits down and she says, oh, sorry, that was I was just supposed to dodge it. That was just kind of reflexive. Sorry about your wiener. Uh, sorry about your ween. Um, yeah, it's... How'd you get that scar over your eye? Uh, this, I, is, this is an important part of the lesson. I, I got it in a fight. No, that may, I figured that. I figured it wasn't like a big paper cut. You're filing some documents. You got hit, though, right? Yeah. That's the biggest thing for you. Like, not getting hit is, like, the whole job. A good thief doesn't have... To be fair, when I got the scar, I was pretty drunk. Okay. I think that's going to be the hardest thing for you, Magnus. Like, you've always struck me as the big, big, brash guy willing to take the big hits so somebody else doesn't have to. And there may be a time when you aren't able to do that if you really want to pursue this lifestyle. When I can't protect someone. When you don't take that big hit and let somebody else do it. You, you're surrounded by pretty strong people. You don't got to be the, the, the damage sponge all the time, you know? Yeah, but, like, I I don't want to lose Merle and Taco. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty good. I guess I understand what you're saying. Hey, you know what? I think I learned a little bit of something else from you, too. Making a duck? No, you. The, oh, yeah, okay. I, I think duck making is probably beyond my capabilities. No, you're doing great. It's really coming along. Don't you bullshit me. No, she it's holds, good. She holds up a duck, but it's got two asses. No head this time. I got I, the. I flipped the thing upside down accidentally while I was mid carve. A lot of people would prefer that version. Yeah. So uh, you you spend the next couple weeks learning from Carrie, um, mas- not mastering the art of thievery, but getting getting on enough. Uh, that uh, uh, you feel you feel a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more confident, and uh, C- C- Carrie holds a little uh, impromptu graduation ceremony Right, except you're not really wearing uh, a graduate's cap and robe. You actually have to sneak up to her to steal your diploma. Uh, it's a very it's a very on brand uh, ceremony. Uh, and at the end of it, uh, uh, Carrie's also holding her enchanted uh, hand-carved duck box. You did a, a lot of the work on it. You you did the the she did the butt half like really good, mm-hmm. um, but enlisted your help on the head half. Uh, she seems really happy with it. She says, uh, uh, "Magnus, I've actually had a pretty great time hanging out these past couple weeks, um, and I wanted to give you something." And she hands you uh, a small leather pouch with some belt loops on the back of it that you might like string a belt through 
Uh, and when you open it up, you find a uh, a set of fairly old looking but pretty uh, sturdy thieves tools. It's uh, like a lock pick, um, some a, a bunch of sort of uh, tools that you don't really understand what they are, like metal loops and rings and some sort of uh, small hooks. Um, and she says, uh, I, I can show you how to use those, but um, I, uh, I bought those when I decided to become a thief. And I've gotten a way better set now, but uh, I want you to have them. Well, I have something for you too, Carrie. Um, Another, a second duck? Well, uh, well, hold on. And Magnus reaches in his pocket and pulls out a uh, wooden ring that he's oh. carved with like a rose on top. And it's carved out of rosewood. Um, I made you this. I had to guess at the size, but I think this would fit Killian. If you would like to put it in the box for her, completely up to you. I won't say a word. It's a real sweet thought, she says. Hey, high five me right now. High five. Um, so you have been uh, off off duty for a couple weeks now, Merle. Um, you've basically been put on injured reserve, essentially, uh, because of sort of the trauma that you went through in the Crystal Kingdom saga. And again, I apologize for that. No, I think it all worked out. I think it's made me more of a mythic figure. Uh, but yeah, you have been granted sort of special leave. Um, oh, that was a tree pun. <laughs> um, oh, you, I feel like a sap for not getting that. That's the only. That's my genuine laugh. Oh, if I do it any other way, uh, no. I'm being sarcastic. I don't want to uh, hear the genuine one anymore. Then okay, fantastic. Don't say any more funny stuff. Uh, so you, you've been given special leave due to sort of the trauma of the last mission, um, and we're granted an all expense paid. A weekend-long spa resort visit. Shut up! Uh, yeah, congratulations. This is, a, <laughs> this is a special bonus on top of your regular payment uh, for the mission. Uh, you were given a plus one for for this uh, this spa stay. Um, I should mention this was a scenario that you came up with. Um, and the person that you chose to go with you as your plus one um, surprised... Basically, everyone, you chose the director of the Bureau of Balance to go with you for a spa visit with you. Yeah. Um, and let's say you're about a day into this uh, spa spa visit. You've gotten a uh, you've gotten a thorough scraping. You're kind of a crunchy individual, so I imagine there was a lot of yeah cruft to be uh, removed in 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 nice long aromatic hot baths. Um, and uh, I want to hop in. You mean I got exfoliated? Well, you got exfoliated. You got you got scrubbed down with a, a fantasy loofah. It's uh, you've been you've been getting the works cleaned up inside and out. There's a colonic oh. element. Oh. Um, what? Oh, what? So, but so for this scene, you and the director are. By the way, it's been maybe a little bit uncomfortable between you two, just because like she's like your boss and wasn't quite sure why you picked her to go with you and she's not really one for rest and relaxation so uh it, it's been a little bit uncomfortable but you guys uh i i think you guys are both getting the same spa treatment 
right now um what what kind of what kind of spa treatment would you be getting well i think um we've i've been exfoliated and we've done all that probably something that gets rid of the toxins you know now that i have you know tree sap flowing in my veins along with the blood i figure i got i gotta get some stuff out of there okay how about a um like a macrobiotic mud sort oh. of situation, so you're it's a like a hot macrobiotic biotic mud bath. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you and the director are in side by side sort of baths, uh, and you get the impression that this is maybe set up as a couple's activity, which is just really, really driving home the discomfort of this uh, yeah. situation. And uh, your let's say your arm is off and in its own small potted plant mud bath. Oh yeah, right because if it if it was going to be anywhere, it'd have to you know if anything was going to be in the mud, it would be old tree arm, old tree arm. Uh, and somebody's actually like spraying it with a sweet smelling fluid out of a spray bottle and like pruning it and just like seeing to it. Um, and it seems to be really enjoying that. Oh, do you have any refreshments? They have a lot of refreshments. I would here, love like, some refreshments. Yeah, what do you, like it's like a like tea, a, sa- a tea cu- sandwich, tea sandwiches. Yeah, and maybe some cucumber water. Okay. Yeah, you get a, the whole cucumber suite, and the director, the director's drinking a like a huge, like Tammy Taylor sized <laughs> glass of of dark purple wine, um, and so it, it's been a little bit uncomfortable. But the, she finally breaks the silence um, after the sort of attendants, the spa attendants, leave the room, and it's just the two of you. And she says, um, "Merle, I, uh, I suppose I should thank you. It's been." It's been a bit stressful for the past, oh, like seven, eight years. Um, so I guess I could use a break away from it all. I, I appreciate you choosing me. I guess uh, I guess my question is, why did you decide to take, take me on this spa trip with you? Uh, well, you know, you're my boss, and, uh, you know, we haven't really hit it off very well. And, you know, you and I, we got a lot in common, you know, a little bit more... In age than the other two young whippersnappers. She she laughs. <laughs> I I suppose that is that is true. I mean, you're still much younger than me, but you know. Well, thank you for that. You're very mature. You're a mature woman, and I'm a mature-ish man. And you know, I I, I read women pretty well. Women and trees, <laughs> and uh, and I was able to say, you know, this lady needs a break and a friend. I can be the friend, and I can help her get the break. I appreciate you being considerate like that. You have to. You understand it. I try not to be cold. It's just I have to keep a professional distance from from my staff members. You I got a tough you, gig. Tough gig. It is a tough gig. I wish I could, you know, go on adventures, uh, eat eat macaroons all all night long, and gab about macaroons you know, or macarons. Because I really love the macarons. You know, there's a difference. Is that what you call macaroni? No, 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 no. Macarons are like the cookies, but they've got like a little icing in the middle. Mm Mm-hmm. This has been pretty confusing so far. I, I, Merle, I want to know a little bit more about sort of... You always seem to keep kind of an irreverent attitude, I think it's safe to say. Where does that come from? Uh, basic insecurities about my appearance, my height, uh, my, you know, only having one damn arm now. Uh, 
No, I've just always been that kind of guy. Hey, you know, why uh, Why worry about things? Have a, have a light attitude. We're not getting out of this life alive anyway. Why not enjoy the process? She takes a big sort of gulp out of her, her, her giant glass of wine and says, uh, um, I'm surprised to hear you could keep things sort of that lighthearted and still be a man of man of the cloth. Um, well... I'm glad you brought that up. I've never been the traditional man of the cloth. I'm more like, uh, well, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Poseidon Adventure, but uh, Gene Hackman. I'm more, that's more of my role model. The Gene Hackman, you know, priest who, you know, curses a lot and, you know, really doesn't uh, get himself tied down. And, hey, I'm going to be honest with you, director, because I've been having some some doubts i've been having some uh some conflicts some uh tests of faith here over the last one to be frank with you merle i we've both seen some pretty existentially horrifying things i'm how do you go about keeping the faith when you when you see such horrible things well like i said try to keep an open mind uh and you know, while I I think that uh, having that faith is important because you need to have that relationship and you need to have some idea about, you know, some idea about a higher power, higher purpose. I've never been much of a church guy. <laughs> I know as a priest, that sounds a little weird. But, uh, yeah, I think it's more important to just kind of embody the 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 ideals and the, the things you want to do and not make a bunch of rules for people, you know. So how did you settle on Pan as your patron deity? Is there a story there? Cool beard. Pan's got a cool beard, like a goatee kind of beard. That's, sorry, you've based your sort of theology and life on direction. A, on a beard, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the cloven hooves are kind of cool. I'm a very shallow person, director. I'm I'm just really I'm so I'm as shallow as a mud puddle. But you know, cool beard, hairy legs. I have hairy legs. I want my beard to be I see, cool. There's, there's some synergy there. There is. There, there's a, a a connection there. I grok pan. Um, so you know, at first it was yeah, that guy's cool. I'd like to be like him. And I, I was like a lot of other young dwarves, you know, when I was a kid and, and the, the Panites would come around with their, their literature and, you know, and their, their songs, their contemporary Pan songs. And, you know, it was all really cool. And we had Pan camps. You'd go to Pan camp and learn about Pan. And it was fun. It was a great way to socialize with people. And Yeah, I know a lot of... I guess important values being imparted. Sure, yeah, yeah. Playing, guess, playing the pipes, cavorting. There's a lot of cavorting at Pan Camp. Um, so you know, that's how I kind of got dragged in. And the next thing you know, I'm you know learning more about it, and boom, bing, boom. I'm wearing the collar, and all. Well, I don't really wear a collar, but you know what I'm saying. I guess I'm I'm jealous in a way. I, w- I wish I could have the sort of comfort that your your deity brings to you, that your faith in Pan brings to you, but I don't... I just don't think I'll ever be able to make that leap, she said. 
Well, it's it's kind of a uh, let me tell you something. It's pretty much a one way street. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh, Pan. I don't think Pan really cares. Doesn't really give a shit whether or not I'm you know his buddy or not. But uh, you know, it's all about how it makes me feel. You hear, uh, you hear, and she says, uh, "Oh, I don't." I don't know about that. And you look over, and your wooden arm is sort of impatiently tapping its fingers uh, on the side of the on the side of the tub. Oh, well, maybe Pan does give a shit. <laughs> but you know what? Here's the thing. Here's my feeling on faith, and maybe this will help you. I'm not trying to convert you. Oh, I do have a couple of those Pan tracks. If you want to take a look at them, um, um, but I, my thing is. If my faith and believing in Pan helps me get through the tough times, hey, then what's what's the harm? If it helps me, if it helps me get through stressful things and helps me get past all the goo and the black and the blood and stuff, hey, work to my advantage. Um she she drains the rest of her fishbowl of wine. Oh, easy. Sets it down. Easy going, uh, Sister Sue. She says uh I appreciate you telling me more about this. I, I, I want you to understand my my whole life. I dedicated myself to the study and the service of other people's discoveries, of other people's adventures. I was a I was a supporter, but one day I made the decision to stop championing other people's heroism and to take the direction of my life into my own hands. And I lost dear, dear friends because of that decision, but it was the only one to make. So I, I admire your faith, Merle. I, I do, but I think I'm done waiting on anyone to fix my problems for me. Oh, no, Pan doesn't fix problems. Let's, let's, let's take a look at the stub where my arm used to be. I think it's more <laughs> problem-causing. But hey, you got to... You hear that? You hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you got to stand for something or you're going to fall for anything. So, yeah, listen, you have got faith. It's it's faith in you. I guess that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. That's... Let's get some more booze up in here. Yeah, let's do that. Here, let me pour that for you. What is this, by the way? What is this purple shit that you're drinking? Grape juice. Oh, <laughs> how old is it? 125 years ah, old. Ah, you know, there's a name for grape juice that's 120-some years old. That was what my jokes sound like. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to work on that. Um, so you, Taco, are also... You got some downtime after finishing the Crystal Kingdom campaign... Um, and, uh, you, you've decided for your time off, um, and maybe you can talk a little bit more about the motivations that have led you to do so, because I thought this was a surprising character choice. Um, you decided to give young Angus MacDonald, boy detective, um, some tutelage in the ways of, of magic after he expressed some interest in it in the last episode. Yes. Um, I feel guilty about the whole silverware About thing. all the, just the... Oh, just the silverware, not like the constant, ceaseless bullying of this. That's kind old. of like fun ribbing, just like two equals, 
ribbing each other. I don't feel particularly guilty about that. No, I uh, I feel a little guilty about stealing his family's silverware um, and, and then lying it, about it. And pawning it off for, like, I think you bought, like, a soda pop with it. <laughs> nothing. I did nothing with it. In the grand scheme of our adventures, it was not a lot of money. Um. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Um. And so you've decided to give him some magic lessons. So it's uh, mid-afternoon. Uh, and you are in the Bureau of Balance cafeteria, the mess hall. Um, and it's between meals. There's a, a kitchen staff cleaning up in the back room. You can hear them clinking and clanking around back there as they uh, wash dishes and prepare for the, uh, for the dinner service. Um, but basically, you've got a big open room right now. You've moved some of the tables out of the way. And in walks um, little five-foot-nothing Angus McDonald uh, wearing, his, wearing his Sunday best. Uh, and he's holding a little, little dinky wand. Uh, and he just like, he's just, he just prances into the room. He's very excited. And he goes, uh, hello, sir. It's magic day. It's magic day. I suppose I'm already regretting this. Oh, I'm sorry. I can tone it down if you'd like. I'm just excited to begin my magic, my magic adventure into the, into the arcane arts. Okay. All right. Let's calm down a little bit. What's, what kind of spells am I going to learn today? No spells today. The first day isn't about spells. It's about where what the spells you don't learn really okay. on the first day. How many spells don't you know? All of them? Mm, a good start. I'll admit I mean, it. I know all about like the uh, principles of arcane interaction and the, the sort of the different schools of magic and how they behave. I've done a lot of studying up, but for some reason, I just can't seem to get the dang magic to come out. Sure. Uh, here's your first problem. What is this you're holding here? In my magical wand? I, yes. Uh, what, 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 what is this you have here? What, what, where, where did this come from? Uh, Leon gave it to me uh, because I helped him solve a couple mysteries on the that, side. Those didn't, those didn't make the episode cut, but there, yeah. was a whole little, there was a whole little campaign we went on together. Okay. See, the problem is a lot of people get wands and they think, well, magic time, baby, like starting a car. But really, a wand is just a conduit for the magic that has been inside you all along. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's pretty inspirational and shit. So, so how do I get that magic to come out of me, sir? Put the wand down first. Okay. He okay. very gently, very gently sets it down. Like, very, very, gently. very, very. This thing is pr- more precious to him than his family's silverware. Now, he sets it down gentle on the ground. Ironically, ironically. So, the first thing is, what if you don't have your wand? Well, that's a good question. It's on the table, right? So, you don't have it. So, yeah. here's, here's the first spell I'm going to teach you. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Mage Hand. <laughs> I've heard of I've heard of Mage Hand. It's good. Um, Mage Hand is a uh, uh, it is a cantrip, which is the e- one of the easiest things to cast. Um, and it's conjuration, which is it just means making something out of nothing. I know now, what can- that, I know what the words mean, sir. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step on Are your game. Please, problem here? no, no, please teach me. Is this a problem? You're trying to solve my game? Um. Uh, you run him through sort of the incantation uh, that, that conjures Mage Hand up out of nothing. And uh, after a good, like, ten minutes of him just kind of, like, standing with his hands, his, like, open palms, like, an inch apart, uh, a, a very, very small spectral hand with just a single finger, just the <laughs> ring finger appears, and instantly just, like, falls on the ground and starts twitching. And Angus sees this, like, monstrous... Um, uh, uh, just pained hand, and he starts um, 
Oh, oh God! Kill it! Uh, what kill did it I make? Quick, Angus, kill it! Dude, stab it with something. He picks up a fork from the table and stabs stab the hand. The f- stab the hand with the fork, quick! He stabs the uh, he stabs the hand with the fork and it dissipates back into smoke. And he goes, "That was terrible." It was great. That's a f- you did a nothing. You did a something out of nothing. That's magic, baby. I guess that's true. I'd like to make a full big hand last time. Hey, well, Taco, can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. Who taught you how to do magic? Uh, that, that's a long story. I, I, I didn't so much learn. I, I used to be a chef, um, a, a long time ago. That's long. right. You made me those macaroons. Yeah. And it tastes so good. I, yeah. I ate it as a candlelight treat for myself by myself in one room. Oh, yeah, good. I just cuddled up next to the, the candlelight's bush, and there weren't so many presents under mine, but that's okay. And I ate the macaroon, and it was the highlight of my holiday. I I tried to learn, um, I, I was a chef, and I thought transmutation magic would help, uh, you know, spice things up a bit, right? Nobody's impressed if you put mustard on a hot dog, because you had the mustard. But what if you... If you went into a box with just mustard and a hot dog and came out with, like, chicken cordon bleu, like, people would be really impressed by that, right? They would that would be amazing, chef, sir. Chef du jour. Uh, so, yeah, I tried to do that. And I, I wasn't really that um, competent at first. And then I sort of lost control. And I was transmogrifying things sort of left and right without um, really thinking about it. Mm. Um, which was a bad scene. And then... Well, absolute power corrupts absolutely, as my grandpa said. That's not relevant here, but uh, a fine point and well observed. Uh, so why don't you cook very much anymore, sir? I, you, The macaroons you made were so delicious, and I wonder why you don't cook for your friends more often, sir. Well, Angus, um... One time I transmogrified something that, uh, I transmogrified it into something you really shouldn't eat ever for life to live, I mean, and, uh, a lot of people ate that, and that went so sideways in, um, I, I just decided that I would never again cook for people I cared about because I couldn't risk, um, you know, something happening to them. Until I get this under control, I guess. It's very sad, sir. I'm sorry for I'm sorry for making you for making you bring that up. I can tell <laughs> that it upset you. Yeah, that's okay. You know, um, I just don't cook for anybody who's uh, who's close to me that I care if they live or die. I guess more specifically. Um, you did let me eat the macaroon. I did. I did. <laughs> hmm. That must have been a lapse. I get. You know what? In hindsight. That was a lapse of judgment. I was actually just really excited about making macaroons. And I'm fairly certain that I didn't um, poison. Did, didn't like goof that poison. one up. Didn't goof, didn't goof that one up, as near as I could tell. I mean, you're here, right? You're fine? You were, have you always been this height? Um, I have shrunk like four inches in, in the past couple months. Not related. I'm sure that's not related. I thought it might just be weird moon gravity weird stuff. Weird moon gravity stuff? That's exactly... I was about to say that when you said it. That's amazing. Um, uh, you spend the rest of that day uh, conjuring up mage hands with different numbers of fingers on it, and uh, uh, we did a montage in Travis's bit, so we'll do just a very fast one here. 
Uh, just kind of jump to the end of it. Uh, it's been about a week and a half, and you've given him uh, several lessons. And uh, uh, you're back in that cafeteria between meals again, and uh, Angus says, Sir, sir, check it out, check it out. And he holds out his hand, and a, uh, a small but pretty steady flame appears in it. Uh, and he has cast a, a very competent version of the cantrip Produce Flame. Um, and he's, he's holding it up to you, looking for approval. That is awesome. Congratulations, Ag- thank, Agnes. Th- thank you, sir. I, mm-hmm. Did you say Agnes? <laughs> you have done an amazing job. You know, if you keep it up, uh, th- then someday you might be a better wizard than I am. And that That's very kind of you to say. I hope And I some- grab him by his lapels. When that day comes, little man, oh, when that day comes, I will summon whatever powers i still have at my disposal that you have not siphoned away from me and i will take all of my canning and all of my cunning and all arcana still within my reach and i will use it to strike you down little man don't ever ever again challenge my power it's a um, monologue I'm working on, Agnes. I'm sorry. That wasn't actually directed at you. That's from okay. a one-man show I'm doing. Okay, so that was just from your play acting then, sir. You peed your loincloth there, Agnes. I know you got a little suit. Peed your loincloth is the name of the show. You peed your loincloth is, is the name of the show I'm working on. Can I get tickets? <laughs> oh, look. Can't you just conjure them, Mr. Wizard? <laughs> Um, Mr. Big Tough Magic Boy? He says, uh, this is kind of uh, uncomfortable now. Um, but he holds out a small, um, sm- like a small uh, cardboard box uh, with a small ribbon around it, uh, which he undoes and opens up. And there's some macaroons inside. He said, I made these for you, sir, to thank you for the magic lessons. Oh, hell yeah. Thank you so much, Agnes. I am going to uh, enjoy these. Uh, in my uh, bunk. You don't want to eat one right now, sir? Yeah, sure, I'll eat one right now. What the hell? You want to go around once, right? Uh, you take a bite into it. The texture's fine, and the texture's hard to nail in a macaroon. Uh, it is completely flavorless. It's just there's no flavor in it whatsoever. It's fine. It's just fine. I know, I'm probably... I probably goofed up on the flavor profile a bit. I'll tell you what. You got the texture exactly right. And really, with a macaroon, that's that's the hard part. Um, it, you got to make sure to rise. Uh, one thing that might help is if you give the pan a little shake after you actually dollop out the uh, meringue, you can remove some of these peaks and also sugar. Any sugar at all would Dang, be great. That was it. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I was that wondering helps maybe the structure. I was wondering if you could maybe um, use pressed digitation to get some better flavors on these bad boys. I, you could, but really the the. You shouldn't cross those streams, little man. That got me into some uh, some bad trouble, and I, I wouldn't recommend it. I was just hoping maybe you could just show me how prestidigitation works. But I understand if... No, I understand. No, it's fine. Yeah, prestidigitation. Um, so this has two components, V and S. <laughs> Here you go. Uh, I'll I'll just make these sort of taste better. You point your Umbra staff at the box of uh, macaroons and begin to cast Prestidigitation. But it's a hard spell name to say. Um, but Prestidigitation does not come out of your Umbra staff. 
Um, it feels like actually your Umbra staff is sort of exerting a will of its own. Uh, and Prestidigitation doesn't come out of it. The spell Scorching Ray does. Uh, and I'll dag. You, and you uh, blast the uh, this little box full of macaroons into dust with a... Uh, a, uh, a powerful version of the spell uh, Scorching Ray and and you uh, actually have to like hold your elbow to like prevent the recoil this is a powerful ass version of this and uh, once you do this Angus goes well okay I can understand if you didn't like them sir but that's all you had to say you didn't have to burn them all up no it, I that's not what I cast uh, Scorching Ray comes out of your Umbra staff again and this time, your Umbra staff like pulls your elbow um, so that it's pointing in a straight line, and it's firing the spell Scorching Ray into the wall, and you can just feel the Umbra staff like making you trace a shape, and it carves out the letter L in fire in the wall, and then it does a U, and then it does a P, and then the staff shuts down, and you feel it like just kind of lose any power um that it was exerting over you in that moment um so your your staff you lost control of it and you blasted the letters l-u-p into the wall why what is that what is l-u-p uh angus takes out a notebook and he says uh sir i appreciate the magic lessons but it sounds like you've just given me an even better gift a new mystery to solve oh fuck This is Griffin Macri, your dungeon master, your best friend, your worst enemy. Don't cross me, bud. Not today. Not today of all days. I'm not. I, I'm just not feeling it. Thanks for listening to The Adventure Zone, episode 40. Kind of a weird episode, huh? I kind of decided that I wanted to try something different for this lunar interlude. I couldn't really come up with an idea for what to do between arcs. Uh, so I thought I'd give it over to the boys and uh, do do some smaller sort of character development-based scenes with them. Um, I hope you liked it. It was fun to do it, and um, maybe we'll do it again uh, later later on in the future. Um, but the next arc starts in the next episode, so I'm looking forward to getting into that. I want to thank everybody who's been tweeting about the show using the the Zonecast hashtag. Uh, we don't pay to advertise the show at all, so the only way that we have to spread the word and grow and, and get bigger and bring in new listeners is for you to tell your friends who you think might be interested in the the show uh we work really hard on it and um i appreciate everything you can do to help us spread the word around if you tweet about the 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 show using that hashtag you might end up as a character on the show um we are gonna record a couple episodes for the new arc probably in the next week or so so get those tweets in now i got a lot of characters in this new arc that i need to name uh so i'm i've been scouring scouring twitter got a few that i've picked out but plenty of slots available use that the zonecast hashtag you might end up as a character on the show Hello, it's me, the Internet's Travis McRoy. Yes, that's right. Powerful influencer, Travis McRoy. You know, people are always asking me, Travis, how did you become such a powerful influencer in the world? Well, I'll let you in on my secret. It's Squarespace. Yes, that's right. Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything, your products, content you create, or even your time. What? 
What influencer doesn't do that? I ask you. I'll wait. That's right. None of them. They all do that, and you can do it with Squarespace. Okay, here's uh, just as an aside. You can also use Squarespace even if you're uh, not an influencer, um, and even if the idea of being an influencer uh, makes you throw up a little bit in your mouth, don't worry. Squarespace is still useful. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. Start with the best-in-class website template and customize every design detail with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. With Squarespace scheduling, clients can quickly view your availability and book their own reservations, appointments, or classes, and you can sell products on an online store. Whether you sell physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools for you. So go to squarespace.com adventure for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use offer code ADVENTURE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have an Aura frame here at our house, and we primarily use it to show pictures of our kids and the fun stuff that we do. And my favorite thing about it is that it's so easy to upload pictures on that as soon as we get home from doing something fun, we just immediately put the pictures up there so we don't forget to do it. You know, because I, I've tried, we try to do picture frames and stuff in the past, and then we never remember to put them on. But with Aura, it's so easy to load it up that it has become kind of a, a digital scrapbook more than anything else. So if you have been looking to get the pictures that are trapped in your phone and set them free in a way that other people can see them, might I recommend Aura Frames. They're stylish, they're easy to use, you're gonna love it. And it was named the number one digital picture frame by Wirecutter, and for a good reason. It's so easy to set up, and they have different frame options, all kinds. And the best part is it comes with unlimited storage. So right now you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frames with code ADVENTURE. That's A-U-R-A frames.com promo code ADVENTURE. Terms and conditions apply. Chicago, we're coming to you. We're coming for you. We're coming at you. And we're also coming to C2E2, and we're doing live shows, all a bunch of stuff in April. April 24th, we're going to be doing My Brother, My Brother and Me, which is nearly sold out, and Taz, which is selling out fast. So do not wait. April 25th is Taz. April 24th is My Brother, My Brother and Me. April 26th through the 28th, we're doing C2E2 schedule to be announced. You can get your C2E2 badges now, but you do not need a badge to attend the live shows. Tickets for those shows are on sale at bit.ly slash Tours. All the information is there. Go check it out. Also, we've got a newsletter in case you've been wondering what's the best way to keep up with our new tour dates and announcements and stuff like that, go to bit.ly slash newsletter. And of course, check out all the merch over at macroymerch.com. A lot of great stuff. Fungalore sticker pack, um, naming of the year poster. Uh, we've got the little sailor man pin and 10% of all proceeds this month go to the Foundation for Black Women's Wellness. So go check it out, macroymerch.com. And now back to the show. Got a few personal messages on this episode of the Adventure Zone. If you want to get a personal message on the show, just go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. You can find out how to get a message on the show there. First message here is for Mike, our benevolent god of DM. It's from Mina Jameson Thoradin. 
Lamy, Rupert, and also named Rupert, and Dan Halen, which is a good D&D name. Um, they say, hi, fellow DM. I'm also a DM. Happy birthday. We know it's hard DMing us, but you do it so well. Remember when Lamy killed a girl, Thoridan took a nap instead of saving us from the dick cream shop, and Jameson tried to kill a dragon by putting on a Spyro costume? Thanks for being a benevolent DM. Please don't kill us. Love the worst D&D players ever. It sat based on the the few scenarios you've laid out there, and I I'm thinking that was probably your squad at their worst. Um, I think that might be a fitting sort of superlative for you guys to have. Got another one here for Erica Round Seattle, and it's from Zach Round Francisco, who says saying goodbye to a longtime friend. The McElroys seemed like the best vehicle to deliver how sad I am to be leaving. We'll miss our bad movie days more than I could possibly express. You're an awesome friend, and I hope by the power of the interwebs, that doesn't change. If you ever need to see a cat talk again, you're always welcoming Callie. Wondering... I'm, this is a sad message, and it sounds like it's going to be a, a sad goodbye. Um, but, you know, you'll always be friends no matter what. Um, but And that's all great and all. I'm more interested in hearing the cat magic that this person apparently possesses, and I will get my answer off the air. This message is for Cosmos Craig, and it's from Mom and Dad, who say, Hey, Cosmos, that's right, buddy. You just heard your name on the Adventure Zone podcast. Hell yeah, here's a few bonus ones. Cosmos, Cosmos, Cosmos. Why? Because your parents rock, of course. We couldn't get your name as a character because we have exactly zero interest in tweeting, but here it is on the podcast anyway. Cosmos, Cosmos, Cosmos. See, they threw in a few too. Uh, We hope when you are older, you realize how cool we were for letting you, and then the message got cut off because you ran out of characters, but I'm going to assume that ends with uh, let you listen to this foul, foul podcast program. And I can't help but agree. You got some cool folks there, Cosmos. 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 That's a good name. One last message here. This one's for Stephanie, and it's from Dana, who says, Thank you for the last few years of love, fun, and creativity. I'm so honored and lucky to be marrying you this October. Awesome. I love that on this show, we get messages in, like, way before, like, nine months after they are relevant. Uh, I love you with all my heart. P.S. Let's get those wedding invitations for Travis, Griffin, and Justin in the mail ASAP. Yes, if you want to send wedding invitations... Uh, you can actually find all of our P.O. Box information at McElroyShows.com. That's where those live. That's a good place for those to go. Uh, and congratulations on your upcoming nuptials. Go listen to the other shows on the Maximum Fun Network. There's a lot of really, really great programs on there, including a, a new one called The Greatest Generation, which is a podcast about Star Trek. Uh, if you're just sort of a, a general nerd, that sounds like one that you might be able to get sink your teeth into. If you're not a Star Trek fan, there's a ton of other shows on the network that I'm, I'm sure one of them is going to tickle your fancy. Just go to MaximumFun.org, check them all out. You can check out all the other projects that we McElroys do at McElroyShows.com, like I mentioned earlier. Um, all the video stuff that uh, we do at Polygon and all the podcasts, the many, many podcasts we do, you can find them all there. I don't want to go on any longer because this episode's already going to go on for forever. Uh, and I want to get back into it. But thank you all so much for listening to it. Uh, the response to the last story arc was like genuinely moving. And I'm really excited about the places we went in that arc. Um, uh, I really enjoyed, you know, exploring making music for the first time and, and using it in the show. You can find all that music on my SoundCloud account. Uh, it's just Griffin McElroy on SoundCloud. Uh, the, the whole Crystal Kingdom soundtrack's up there now. Um, so yeah, thank you all so, so much for your kind, warm reception to basically all the stuff that we try to do on this show. 
Um, so we're going to get into the character development part of the podcast. That's going to be the, the back half of this episode. Um, and then the next episode is going to go up on, oh, Manzies, June 2nd. So we will see you then. Bye. We're back all together again, and I hope all that went okay. We're recording this part, but we're recording the second half of this episode before the first half of the episode that you just listened to. So, if it was a fail, if it was a colossal failure, should we apologize we, in this part of the no, show? You know what? I'm gonna say you're welcome. It whatever it was, I'm sure it went really well. Um, uh, so the three of you have sort of uh, regrouped back at the Bureau of Balance. And uh, I don't know why you didn't do all this stuff immediately after the Crystal Kingdom arc, but um, you're doing it now because we got to do. Yeah, well, because some- everyone was on Christmas break, Griffin. That's we had to wait for Leon to get back from fucking the fantastic. Break. Yeah, Leon was out. His family celebrates Elven Candle Nights, which, as we all know, lasts twice as long, and that's the end of the goof. <laughs> Uh, but Leon, I the artist, more gives had that. Uh, yeah, fine, that's that, so nice. Just when they're done, they're done. Uh, but Leon, the artist, bookend, and then the joke teller says, "And that's the end and of that's, the joke." And now you know the rest of the goof. The rest. Um, oh, uh, so Leon is back in his uh, in the Gashapon Artificer Chambers, uh, where the three of you find yourselves now with a shiny Gashapon token. And as soon as you walk into the room, Leon just goes, uh, "Oh fuck! Oh no!" No, we've we've got it this time. You Leon. said Don't. that every time. That Leon, you come in. look me in the eyeballs. I've got it, and I hand my token to Taco. <laughs> You're gonna give Taco two two goes at it then. Well, he's he, gonna do it for me. You, no, that's not how it works. Double. Here's the. No, okay, I don't. No, no, no. To you. No, you. Sh- no, you shut up. Here's the thing. He reaches into his robe and he pulls out three shining, sparkling, wrapped delicious looking pieces of candy and he says uh you guys get it right on your uh-huh. first try Ooh. and you'll be rewarded with the most delicious leftover candle night sweets <gasps> that your s- sweet little mouths have ever tasted point of order do we all three have to get it right to get a candy or does each person get a candy for getting it right no you know what let's raise the stakes yes it's an all or nothing game Magnus. oh you got me leon Put the coin in the Gashapon machine by yourself. Turn the wheel. Get your prize. You do it good. Oh, tasty candies in there. Okay. Hey, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. That's a fun Magnus joke. Uh-huh. Um, what's your favorite candy? Turkish delight. Marzipan. Marzipan. And you, Taco? Uh, I like Ferrero Rocher's. Oh, wouldn't you just know it? He waves his hand over these sweet, three sweets, and they transform magically into the three things you said. Dunk. Oh. All right, let's do this. I put my token into the machine myself. Hell yes, one for three. And I got a two. Is that good? Should I roll again? It, the number does not matter. Is it good, Griffin? Uh, this is actually very good for you, Magnus. A, you, okay. you hear a loud ka-chunk uh, come out of this machine as a pretty sizable package uh, falls out of it. Tell me more about my sizable package. <laughs> We're just gonna say it like every there's there's 
every one of those is just you're not going to let any of them sail by. <laughs> nope. Um, uh, it is a very uh, you know what I just changed my mind. It's an empty package. You get nothing. No, no, no. No, it's a pretty big package. It is a uh, 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 you you pull out a capsule from this machine, um, and uh, as you pop it open, you see what appear to be uh, dark gray feathers. Um, Ooh. And uh, they're not actual feathers. They seem to be made of some sort of like uh, studded leather, uh, like super light leather. Um, and uh, as you sort of unfurl it, uh, it looks like some sort of uh, a very light piece of torso armor, chest armor, um, with this light gray feathered design. Uh, yeah, I am on board. Uh, and you take it back to uh, Leon, who flips through his book uh, and uh, very quickly locates this item. He says, uh, okay, that is the featherweight cuirass. And uh, it's uh, an interesting piece of, of armor uh, that uh, increases the wearer's flexibility and mobility. Um the featherweight cuirass, it uh, has the same AC as the armor that you are uh, currently wearing, which is actually kind of impressive because it's definitely lighter. Um, uh, but it gives you uh, plus three on every acrobatics check from now on. Oh. So All any right. any feats of flipping or things like that Excellent. that you want to do, you can now uh, go, go uh, have an easier time doing them. So I expect more stunts in the future from Magnus. Sweet. Yes, especially since, as people who listen to this after the fact will know, I'm going to train in that with uh, with Carrie. Yeah, in, in unless unless you trained bad. I don't know. Oh, okay, uh, maybe I trained real bad. He says, uh, okay, please, who's next? Who's going to keep this streak alive? What it, Griffin, just so I know, is it like a cape or is it like a chest piece? It's like a chest feather? It's like a chest piece. Okay. Yeah. I just want to give our fan art people. Well, and also you didn't know what it was. I think fan art sounds diminutive. I think like co-creators. Yeah, let's just oh, say collaborators. Collaborators. Oh yeah, I want our collaborators because they put more work into it than we do. Absolutely, yeah. and we make all the money. We don't make any money. Oh, no. we don't make any money. No, not, not if there are. We don't. You're saying wait. it like the way you say things. <laughs> no, no. I we don't make any. Dad, money. did I you inherit my inability to sound sincere from you? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You have okay. that. But see, but you do it, you do it for things that make you sound good. Dad does it for things that make him sound actively worse. When oh, he's no. telling the I'm truth, not, yeah, you sound like the devil, guy. Dad. Um, no. Uh, who's up? Who's up? <laughs> who's up next on the candy train? He says and shakes right. the candy. Oh, you can do this, guys. The candy train all or nothing. Pulling into candy. I'll town. go ahead and go. Who are you? I don't recognize your voice. I'm Diabetic Merle. All right. Candy means nothing to me. That's a real... I don't know if that's a real character choice. It's a real Clint choice. I'm not saying... Hold on, I should backpedal. Diabetes isn't a choice. No, it's not. (laughs) It's a lifestyle. In in Dad's case, it was more of a lifestyle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Krispy Kreme. Um, Okay. Still still shaking this candy in his hand. Ooh, chicka, 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 chicka. Here it comes. I extend the coin. He's biting his nails. I'm getting closer and closer to Leon with it. No, I shake a no-no can at him. (laughs) (laughs) I put it in the slot. Okay. Yes. Yes. Spin the prize wheel. 
Oh, shnikey. If it rolls on the floor, you don't get anything. You got a negative. You got a nothing. An imaginary number. 17. 17. Have you rolled a 17? Hold on. Okay. Um, uh, you put the coin in the slot and turn the crank. Uh, a much smaller uh, capsule comes out of the machine than the one that uh, Magnus got. Uh, this one's actually more ovular. Uh, it's it's a bit longer, uh, and uh, as you uh, open up the capsule, inside of it are some nerd ass looking glasses, like some <laughs> some real thick boxy like uh, Elvis Costello brown tortoise shell shit. Okay. Uh, kind of six string samurai kind of thing. Yeah, kind of. You, you, yeah, bit, bit buddy Holly, and uh, you, t- you take it back to Leon, who uh, uh, flips through. There's actually apparently a lot of glasses in that machine because there's like several pages of glasses, and he locates the ones that you uh, that you have pulled out, and he says, "BX um, respects, BX respects, BX respects." No, not quite. These are uh, these are called awareness frames. And uh, they are some nerd-ass-looking glasses, he says, um, that uh, enhance the uh, wearer's ability to uh, perceive the truth and see things uh, previously unseen, Um, which means that while you're wearing these glasses, uh, you get plus two to both your perception and your investigation checks. Um, so as, as long as you're wearing these, you'll be able to find things a little bit better and sort of discern the truth of of things. Um, okay, so plus two to perception. And plus two to investigation. Uh, Leon falls to his knees and, like, crawls towards you, Taco, and says, Taco, please set me free. Taco, 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 Taco. I cast Blink. <laughs> what the okay you disappear from this plane of existence and reappear in the ethereal plane all right and i walk in the ethereal plane over so i'm staying next to him okay and then i, I reappear and snatch the candy from his hand and put my coin into it <laughs> make a sleight of hand check with advantage what make a sleight of hand check with advantage that's an 18 baby <laughs> Like Indiana Fuck. Jones, you wait, wait, wait. Hold on, I want to make sure that I can't add anything to it. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I gotta, I got, I, I add three to dexterity. That's twenty one. Twenty one. Uh, <laughs> he like as soon as you do that, he just looks at you in stunned silence, and uh, just falls to the ground and curls up in a ball and releases your coin, which which rolls across the floor, and he just starts weeping on the floor. He says, "We were so, we were so close to Candy Station. <laughs> I'm already pulling in, Bubula. All right, I t- I pick my coin up and I pop a Ferrero share in my mouth and I toss the other boys their candy and I go uh, put my coin in the slot because I do know how it works. You're sure that you did it in the right order and you put the candy in your mouth and the coin in the slot? Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm I'm positive. Okay, because he's got fillings. Yeah, and sure. that would hurt." Uh, roll that, roll that d20, my boy. Ooh. Eight. Okay. Um, a, uh, a pretty average-sized capsule, uh, rolls, rolls down, uh, and out of the machine, and as you lift up the flap and retrieve it, you pop it open, and, uh, inside, 
you see a relatively plain-looking slingshot carved out of wood with a uh, a rubber sling, I guess, on it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it's uh, it, it's it's carved from a, a light wood, uh, but there is uh, an intricate etching in the handle of it, and. Uh, uh, fucking Leon just like from the floor like flips around the book uh, that's up on his desk and just like points to the book and tells you to look at it and uh, it says fuck you it says fuck you taco <laughs> no uh, it actually is open to an entry uh, and you see the picture of the slingshot you're holding in it uh, and this entry uh, describes the hole thrower uh, and once, okay. one, once per day the hole thrower can put a perfectly circular hole into any non-living, non-magical object or barrier. Um, you roll a d10. You, you, you point the, the hole thrower at what you want to put a hole in. You roll a d10, and then the hole's diameter is that many feet, whatever you roll. Um, so you can use this to open up a door in a wall or a hole in a door or a, you know. Door in a wall. So is that, is that okay, so it's like a barrier, not a... Not a not a thick thing um, for walls and doors, right? Not like um, I'm trying to think of a, th- a like a you couldn't yeah, shoot yeah, you yeah. couldn't shoot it at the ground and open a hole to the other side of the earth. No, okay, it would have to be within reason. In fact, let's just say whatever you roll in the d10, it can be that many feet deep as well. Okay, great, got it. Uh, and you can use that once per day. Okay, uh, that's it for your fantasy gosh upon visit. Um, Leon says. Uh, Sits up and he wipes the tears from his eyes and he says, uh, "I'm not gonna give up on you three. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you next time with my gadgets." <laughs> he has to keep this up. Leon's gonna be the big bad at the end of the at the end of the <laughs> And you, you cool broke me, or maybe the you second me this. maybe the second big bad. Um, it seems like we're all done there. Uh, where are we headed to now, Griffin? I think I know. Uh, I think it might make sense. Oh, you know what? I actually heard that they're having a sale. That's not true. They never have sales. They never have sales at... Fantasy Costco, where all your dreams come true. Got a deal for you. That's probably anticlimactic for you boys, because I just said they never have sales at... Yeah, no, we, we got it. Um... Uh, yeah, you're at the Fantasy Costco. Is this the third or fourth time we've made it to the Fantasy Costco? I think this is the fourth. I'm not sure, though. Okay. Um, so, you all got paid 2,000 gold pieces in your last adventure. The only other revenue source we had was the bag of gems that Magnus found in Lucas's uh, private quarters. Mm-hmm. Not sure if you remember that. Uh, I do. I wrote it down. I appraised that at 1,200 gold pieces. It is up to you, I guess, if you want to share that or not. I think Merle was in the room with you when you found it, so that may be a tricky. I'm, I'm, I, okay, I'll tell you this. I will, uh, it's, it's like a bonus to buy things that people want to that are more than. Oh, like a pool. The two, the, yeah, okay. We'll call it a pool of money. Well, then you guys have 2,000 gold pieces with this floating pool of 1,200. Uh, and I don't know if you had any money left over, but if so, you can add that to the total. And then I have emailed you a list of items. Um, should we go down the list and read off some of the stuff that people sent in? Griffin, can we buy just regular stuff too if we need just like regular supplies? Um, yes, there's a so there's a table in your player's handbook of just like everyday common objects and within mm-hmm. reason I'll allow you to pick stuff out of that. I think you can buy Wait, a I want to buy a mastiff. 
A what? A mastiff? Dog. A dog? Ni- nice try, but you know there's no dogs on the moon. Uh, but I want it so bad. <laughs> he's, he's, he really wants He's explicitly it. said there's no dogs in the moon. I've explicitly. That's so bad. Well, if, I'd like Griffin, to do something really different. Okay. Look in the eyes of my heart, Griffin. No. Look I would like up. to do something that actually makes sense for me to buy. Okay. And I know that's kind of out there. Oh, by the way, I should mention, in addition to the like dozen or so new items in the menu, uh, everything you have never you di- you didn't buy in past visits is still the, still available. I had that on this list as well. I think with my bad habit of burning through spell slots, I ought to buy Matthias, the living grimoire. No, yeah, you got to go. Uh, so Matthias, the living grimoire, is a new item sent in by Will Barnett. Thank you, Will. Uh, this is like Barrett here. Is I thought Barrett? it was Barrett. Too. Oh yeah, sorry. I. Uh, I'm sitting very far away from my computer. Uh, Will Barrett, thank you, Will. Uh, it's this clockwork owl. It's a clockwork owl. Uh, has been owned by dozens of different wizards throughout its lifespan and can now uh, recite arcane knowledge on command. All arcana checks made by the player who owns this item gain advantage. In addition, a player can use this to prepare a spell they do not know once per day. This spell uh, still takes up a spell slot of the spell's level. So you don't get extra. You can you can have a spell that you wouldn't normally be able to learn and sort of have it live in this owl, but whenever you cast it, it does still burn one of your spell slots. Um, That's cool. And it also gives you advantage on Arcana checks. And then I would like to put my 500 remaining into the pool. Oh, okay. That's, that's very kind of you. Okay, the pool We're is now... We're well on our way to that magical flaming sword thing. That's what I was thinking. The, yeah. So the leftover from last time, we still have John Williams' uh, eight-year-old son, Colin, who sent in this... You can't buy Whoa, Colin. I thought for a second, yeah. No. I was like, no. uh, and he's such a talent. Colin, <laughs> Colin sent in the Flaming Poisoning Raging Sword of Doom, which is a sword with a gigantic blade wreathed in flames with a crooked oozing scorpion stinger uh, affixed to its point, and it just does a bunch of damage. But it's 60,000 GP, so you're lucky. And may I say, the people submitting these are... They, they just, every time they just get better and better and better. They do. Um, do you want to say try and keep those descriptions short? So many people send in so many cool items that are like nine paragraphs explaining what they do, and I love it. And I love how much work went into it. We just can't. We can barely keep hole throwers straight. So I don't. Hey Griffin. Yo. If I pick up a rapier, yes, just a regular old rapier. Is there somewhere I can go on the moon to pay to have it enchanted? Um, no, that's not really how magic items work. Mm, I see. You can buy a rapier, though. We can work that out. Um, Get one that looks like a mastiff. Uh, your dog sword. Uh, we also have items like the Mockingbird gum from Jacob Mao, which is a pack of gum. And when you chew it, it allows you to emulate another person's voice for an hour. I'm going to pick up the magnetic charge. Okay, that Drew was... Davenport. Thank you, Drew. Uh, uh, read what you it does. read it? Yeah, please. Yeah. A fist-sized glass ball with a blue button on top. Once the button is pressed, the ball will begin to glow and produce a magnetic field that lasts two rounds of combat. The field repels any metal objects within 10 feet from the ball. Take one day for enough charge to be built up to use. Um, let's put a check on that later. Just to sort of... I think I think that would be more interesting. Because also we're going to get in an argument. Like if a big fucking tank rolls up and you throw this magnet at it and say like, oh, it should blow the tank away. We should have some sort of way of determining how powerful it is. But we can, we can figure that out later. Um, okay. Please, please do the math on your own gold. Working on it. Okay. Uh, that was another item. There's the all or nothing coin, which actually a lot of people sent in. This must be like a... 
like D&D staple. But anyway, once per day, when you're supposed to roll a D20, instead of rolling a D20, you flip a coin. And if it's heads, it's a critical hit. And if it's a tails, it's a critical miss. Yikes. What do you think, boys? Do you like that astral shell? Is that something you think we need? Is that the one from Henry Seagal? Yeah. It's a conch shell that allows you to interrogate the souls of the recently dead. Um, I feel like we accidentally kill a lot of people, and that could really come in handy. Yeah, because when we want to apologize and stuff. Right. Yeah. I added this to the list thinking it would be so cool, but that's a good point. Like, I, was, I had the exact same thought process of, like, that time you accidentally murdered Barbara and then wanted to get some information from Barbara. The, the, how would that conversation go? Like, oh, dog, sorry we murdered you. What's the password to your fort? Um, I, Trev, you think about it for a second, because I know the two things I want to get. Go uh, for it. I, I'm going to grab the uh, Mockingbird gum from Jacob Mao. A pack of green and blue speckled minty sticks of chewing gum allows anyone chewing it to emulate another person's voice for one hour. Cool. That's 200 JP. What's the next? Uh, and I'm also going to get the Arcane Trickster's Glove. Okay, yeah, this one's neat. Uh, it turns my mage hand invisible and allows it to perform stealthy actions, including pickpocketing, sleight of hand, or other acts of remote ledger main. For these checks, use your Arcana score, not your stealth Ooh. score. Now uh, it is not mentioned here. Does this have a? I'm a, I'm guessing. Does it, was it intended to have like a once a day refresh on it, or is it just whenever? Um, no. This just this okay. uh, this permanently augments the mage hand spell. So this is actually I stole this from the book. This is uh, this is an item that I came up with. Uh, there is a rogue archetype called the Arcane Trickster, and the it's so fucking cool. I've been messing around with that uh, fifth edition app and like looking at all the different builds that you can make. And the arcane trickster rogue can't do a lot of the stuff that rogues can do, but it can cast some spells. And one of the like benefits it gets is it knows mage hand no matter what, and it can turn its mage hand invisible and use it to pickpocket from somebody, or it can use it to put something in somebody's pocket. Um, and it does it with with mage hand, but it's not like an instant success. You just you right. you still have to make a check to do those things. It just gives you some some more things that you can do with Mage Hand. And I know this sounds like a powerful thing, but it's also the most expensive thing on the menu. So, yeah. Uh huh. And that's it. I that's, think I'm gonna go. That makes that's seventeen. So I have three hundred left over to throw into the pool. Okay. Okay. There's now two thousand gold in the pool. So you guys. I'm gonna also grab the Tarantula's bracelet. Sick. Uh, once per day bestows spider climb on the wearer for 10 minutes and renders his movements while moving completely silent, I meant, granting him an advantage on stealth rolls. I meant um, his movements while climbing. while climbing, yeah. Yeah, I thought that might be the case. I want to be explicitly clear. There's no web slinging. Gotcha. You, will sl- you will sling no webs. But you will, slime, you will climb and slime just like a spider can. With great responsibility. Yes. Let me run down some of the other stuff we got. There's Mystery Powder, which was sent in by Brian Melabianakis. Yeah, that felt good. Uh, uh, Sent it in. Thank you. It's a bag of powder that has one charge that refills once per day. So it's a bag that refills with this powder. And when used on a target, whether friend or foe, you roll 1d100 and have the effect chosen from the Wild Surge table from the Wild Sorcerer part of the player's handbook. So there's a, a Sorcerer class and one of its like paths is wild sorcery and there's a big table full of like weird effects you can do like your skin turns blue or you grow in size by one size or something yeah but i don't have a d100 that is a good point there's some way to fake it 
Like you roll a D10 and... I could just buy it and support the flailing dice industry. Well, you roll 2D10 and the first number is the first digit and the second number is the second oh, digit. That's how you do it. I guess that too. I really want to buy the Strong Mouse Laughing Amulet just so we can now use the it co- once. The comedic pressure... On Strong Mouse's Laughing Amulet, sent in by William. I want to do it. Is, I'm, I'm, what's it do? So it is. Uh, this is actually a great description. This is one of my favorite ones of this batch. Uh, tradi- May I? Tradi- May I uh, yeah, please it? go ahead. Traditionally worn by high priests of the boisterous and jovial smiling god, the amulet carries the image of a stylized human face, mouth open in laughter. And whenever a foe is defeated, the wearer may activate the amulet by tapping it twice and then delivering the best taunting joke or victorious one-liner applicable to the current situation. If the jest pleases Strawn Mouse, which is to say, if the DM thinks it's funny enough, he rewards the adventurer by recharging up to 1d10 plus con HP. <gasps> but Strawn Mouse is a fickle god. Jokes that fail are punished with a small bolt of lightning, dealing 1d6 lightning damage per failure. This means if you're wearing... I didn't hear the name of it. Is it called the Clint McElroy suicide? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's I'm William it. Hughes. That's William I- Dad? I see this as a challenge. I see this as William Hughes Clinton challenging McElroy. me personally. If you're going to buy this with money out of the pool, I'm going to put a restriction on it and say that you got to really try your best. And if you phone it in and make a joke out of getting struck oh, by no, homie, you have to hand under, it over to me and Justin. Understand, if you buy this thing, my expectation for the one-liners in this game is going to become... Just way more stringent. I'm going. I'm. It's going to take a lot more for me for you guys to get a chuckle buster out of me. I I don't care. I'm okay. up for it. If you don't want me to, I won't get it. But I just no. I think it's hysterical. Yeah, you should, Justin. You I'm looking it. at the champion's belt, which is another eight hundred. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. I think that that would be. I, I I didn't really have my eye on anything else. So if you wanted to grab it, but there's eight hundred left. If there's anything else you want. Uh, uh, you know what? I might go hit ahead and get from Bianca Rodriguez the no sodium salt, sh- salt shaker. It's a salt shaker you can put on uh, food that turns pink if it contains poison. I like that. Well, it seems like that. Yeah, you know what? Handy. Let's do that, and then we'll take two healing potions. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know what? And the haunted doll, and that's gonna that's gonna take us <laughs> even. You know, with my big amulet and my glasses, I'm gonna look like the guy that sang a Humpty dance. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, oh, Mr. Humpty. Thank you, um, senior, senior Humpty. Um, I'm gonna add. I'm gonna like, add a modifier to the no sodium salt shaker that it actually okay. also makes food just taste really good. It's just like a delicious spice. Oh, oh cool. Um, Ditto. Can can I throw just a regular old rapier in there too? Uh, sounds like you're gonna go over your budget, which means it sounds like it's time to deal with me, Garfield oh, the Deals no. Warlock. Sorry, oh, I was no. back in the stock room while you boys were perusing my aisles. I'm glad I caught you before you go. I have something important to ask you. Yeah? What is it? Do you like deals? <laughs> Let's see how we can squeeze this rapier into the mix. Magnus, perhaps you'd like to give me a little bit more blood on some object that you have? Oh, God, was there blood on a thing? You signed a shield in blood that you gave to him once. Oh, I did do that, didn't You I? dirty, nasty boy. I love uh, it. Y- you can have my old chest armor. What even was it? I don't know. Plate mail, I think. It smells like you sweat into this a lot. <laughs> so much. It's a, That's a Burnside family thing. 
Add some blood to the mix, maybe I think about it. How much blood? A good amount. Uh, for 25 if you, if gold? Flip it over and look at it, because on the inside is the name Thomas Kincaid. So it's probably a collector's item. This Yes, this seems, this seems very valuable. I'll have to hammer out the weird nipples that you have. <laughs> no, that's a deal breaker, Garfield. Those came around naturally. Why do you care whether or not it'll have nipples on it? Because it's an artistic piece as much as it is functional. You give me a little bit of blood on this thing and I'll be good to go. <laughs> All right, done. Here's a little bit of blood. Uh, oh, I'll get it. He, he, he gets a weird black dagger with a bone on it. Let's use mine. Oh, God. Okay, he pricks your finger with the, the knife and uh, uh, rubs it on the chest plate and hands you a rapier in return. Pleasure doing business with you. That seems an awful lot for a 25 gold piece rapier, I'm just saying. It's just blood, homie. Doesn't right. grow back. Um, let's level up real quick. Okay. Uh, who wants to go first? We're getting up to level 10 from that last I will, adventure. I will. I have to buy something. <clears throat> okay, what does it say? It says... Wait, does it say, like, pay two ninety nine if you want to level up? Fifth edition character sheet, premium version, completely <laughs> ad-free, automatic character leveler, 1 through 20, purchase now. <laughs> Whoops! This is, okay, this is a good application, and I think that's a good usage of some dollars, but if you want, we can... We can do that later, and I can just sort of walk you through what you will be doing in the app. Justin, are you okay with spending? Because it's your iPad. Are you okay no, with spending? It's linked to Dad's account, so. Oh, okay. So yeah, go ahead, Jeff. Okay, so in practical sense, in real world terms, I'm multi-classing now, yes. which was the training with Carrie, which we have talked, so, which we have talked about, and I've given you yeah. explicit permission to do because we figured out how to do it story-wise. Yeah, so basically, I am now a level eight fighter and a level two rogue, which I think um, makes sense for Manny's because you do you're protecting Guardian, but you also do you're kind of a nasty boy out on that battlefield. Yeah, yeah, um, and it, it it brings with it a couple of fun new things. The one I really like is thieves can't. So what is that? Um, it's like a secret like language. A, yeah, it's like a secret language, which is also like secret writing and symbol language too. Um, that if you talk to somebody or write symbols to somebody who understands thieves can't, they'd understand it. What I found interesting is the book described it as taking twice as long as normal. So I don't know what that means, how that translates in mechanics of like, re- like if I were in the real world using thieves can't, where people were just like, this seems like it's taking forever. Hey, but I think- dogs, yeah, steal I think that's any it. good shit? Because I think it's supposed to be like snuck into your language so that no. people wouldn't realize For- you were doing it. Yeah, and I also think it's also mostly written, like the secret written language of yeah. thieves as well. Um, all right, I'm into that. Um, it also comes with um, sneak attack. Which basically, when I make an attack, if I have advantage, or if someone is flanking them with me, and that person who is flanking is not unconscious or anything like right, that, right? That you would get a, you would get advantage under that situation anyway. Yeah, that I if I'm using a finesse weapon or a ranged weapon, I add one d six damage on the attack. Right. So that's what the rapier is for, and also that number I assume will go up. So I, I like how that actually balances out a lot. Like it's a different weapon for a different situation because yeah. you wouldn't use your rapier normally it's not as powerful as rail splitter is unless you can get the sneaky sneaky drop on it so like you exactly. really will be playing both roles i like that a lot actually um i also have cunning action 
which is once per turn I can take a bonus action and either dash, disengage, or hide. Okay. Um, it also, in uh, uh, multi-classing, allowed me to uh, be proficient in another skill, one of four, or one of the thieves' rogue um, skills. I okay. went with stealth and uh, also gave me a set of thieves' tools. That's neat. And one of the things you get to do as a first-level rogue is pick either two of your skills or one skill and your thieves' tools and be double proficient in them. It's called expertise. Okay, cool. So I get a plus 10 on stealth checks. Jesus. Yeah, and I'm doubly proficient with thieves' tools. If I'm doing, if we're doing it correctly, this, right, if we're not I doing this I right, am. this is actually one of those situations. Most of the time, like circular hearing, ta- hearing takes ten minutes to cast. I don't want to hear it. I actually do want to know if we have fundamentally yeah. fucked up I, Travis's. I shit. was googling the shit out of expertise to find out if it was the kind of thing that stacked, but like I couldn't find it. Multi so multi classing, I think, is inherently it's cool, but it's all inherently very complicated. But if you're yeah. If if just being a straight up and down fighter, if there's not enough like cool utility stuff there, which I totally get, um, I'm I I think you should be able to do it. I also realized from going back and listening to other episodes and doing research into the multiclassing that when I'm holding my shield, I should be adding plus two to my AC and it should be twenty, which I haven't been doing. Um, so that's another thing to keep in mind. If I'm holding the rapier and the shield, I don't do as much damage, but I can withstand sure. a lot more damage. So okay. Yeah. Okay, I bought the app. Well done. Thank you. Were you getting like fucking Candy Crush ads while we were playing D and D? No. Okay. And oh. I don't think there was anything else that. Oh, oh, oh! I take that back. One more thing with multiclassing is, even though I'm only a level eight fighter and a level two rogue, it still counts as a level ten character. Yeah, that so makes sense. So my proficiency bonus went from plus three to plus four. Okay. Dig it. Um, and start thinking about a new name for this hybrid class that you're playing that I can sort of offhandedly refer to. I understand that it's two different sets of levels, but I feel like a a combined class name would be very handy. I'm going to say Bouncer. We can work on it. <laughs> okay. Cell- Bruiser? Cell- sword. Ooh, I like that. Mercenary. I think Mercenary is a good way to go. I'm strong and also a little bit sneaky. What about a rough boy? Rough boy's it. We found it, guys. It's rough boy. Oh, okay. I just wrote is it, it down. Is it R-U-F-F-B-O-I? It absolutely <laughs> is R-U-F-F-B-O-I. Yeah. Uh, all right. Okay. Who else is leveling up? Well, uh, I did. Do I need to tell you? Yeah, tell me what you did. Did you get any new uh, big things of consequence? I trust that the app, you, you got some more HP. By the way, Travis, get your... Extra HP. Yeah, I did. I'm up to 90 now. All right, make sure that you roll the hit dice on the rogue side when you level up as a rogue. Which I did. Is lo- okay. I did. You get 1d8 instead of 1d10 gotcha, gotcha, when you gotcha. level up as a rogue. Uh, did you get anything cool? Daddy. Okay, yeah, I'm looking. It doesn't seem like you got... It seems like you kind of just got... The proficiency bonus goes up. Everybody's does. Yeah, you're, but I'm I, plus four. He did that... Uh, automagically. Dad doesn't have, like, cl- classes of... Like tutelage as I do, right? Um, you did get some new spells at level nine. You got insect plague and tree stride. Yeah, your proficiency bonus went up to four, so that's going to affect more or less all of your rolls, which is good. Uh, you should have a new cantrip, and also you can now cast level five spells, fifth level spells. Uh, beginning at tenth level, you can call on your deity to intervene on your behalf when your need is great. Imploring your deity's aid requires you to use your action. Describe the assistance you seek and roll percentile dice. That's 2d10. Uh, if you roll a number equal to or lower than your cleric level, 
your deity intervenes. The DM chooses the nature of the intervention. The effect of any cleric spell or cleric domain spell would be appropriate. If your deity intervenes, you can't use this feature again for a week. Uh, otherwise, you can use it again after you finish a long rest. So you would have to roll a... You would you would have to roll a uh, an a ten or below on two d ten, which would be pretty tricky. But then again, you are asking you for got fifty fifty shot. No, you have a one twenty five percent. You have a ten percent chance. Wow, guys! Wait, you have to yeah. roll less than d ten on two d ten. Two d ten. The first number being the first digit, and the second number being the second digit. Oh, gotcha. I thought you meant add them together. No, that's a that's a percentile dice. We've never had to met fuck with percentile dice before, but that's how that works, I think. Um, so, yeah, you can roll 2d10, and if you get lower than 10, uh, then you can make Pan do something for you. Like help you move. <laughs> Seems uh, poor use. <laughs> I don't know. Do All right, move? cool. So you got a bunch of new spells. You got the ability to cast stronger spells, um, and you can now ask Pan for direct favors. We can even retcon and say that's what happened at the end of the last chapter with the that golden was a leaves. Fast forward, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that was when cool. you that was when you leveled up, uh, Taco. Yes. Uh, so uh, on the less exciting end of things, our fish boats is also up to four. I have uh, the D. I add. I'm up to fifty-seven hit points. See that sounds uh, that sounds good to me. Yeah, I mean that's a. I can take a couple of tasty tasty hits. Um, my, I have a new, um, uh, I, I, I have the ability now to cast Polymorph, uh, because of my school transmutation. I can cast Polymorph for free, uh, once per day. Um, the, the shape changer feature of my, um, uh, uh, my tutelage in transmutation. So, so you shape change into, so I'm reading this now. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you do so, you can target only yourself and transform into a beast whose challenge rating is one or lower. That's yeah. some druid shit. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Taco can so now you be- can animorph. He can animorph. You're an animorph now. I'm an animorph. It's basically don't fucking saying. stay in the hawk too long, Tobias. That is important. A lot of people stay in the hawk too long. Don't stay in the hawk too long, to- Tobias. Yeah, but that's my stuff. That's cool. And you got extra health. Okay. Uh, wow, that was a big, that was a big level up sesh. Yeah, a lot of people got some cool shit. All right, well, thanks and for. I'm ready for whatever's next. Uh, you're not ready. You guys want to? You guys want a little preview of what it is? Yeah. What's yeah. new in the next campaign arc? Yeah. What do you got, big boy? I'm still figuring it out. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Hi, 
Are you a fan of Star Trek The Next Generation? Well, that's weird because it's a corny show. But my friends Ben Harrison and Adam Pranica do a lovely podcast about it. It's called The Greatest Generation and it's on MaximumFun.org. I thought that this podcast was a bad idea, but I was wrong. Please listen to The Greatest Generation on MaximumFun.org.